I'm Janine, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, but right now doing it remotely and standing by to kick off Get the Funk Out is Brad Aronson. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Philadelphia. Okay. And how are things with you? Like, honestly, how are things with the quarantine? Things are good. You know, we have a routine. It's okay. working well. Uh, so, we're, you know, our son goes to virtual school and, and the teachers are doing an amazing job. Sure he has are. virtual soccer practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, his coaches are doing an amazing job. We're not sure what we'll do for summer, but we won't think about that since it's a week away. We'll, 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 and right now, things are good. Good. That's fantastic. So tell me about your book. I was so excited when I heard about it. Well, thank you. So my book, Humankind, is about small acts of kindness that completely transform a life, or in some cases has a ripple effect, transforming hundreds of thousands of lives. Uh, Do you want me to tell you kind of how the book was inspired? Yes, because when I read about it, I thought, this is what we need right now, acts of kindness. So, so the book was inspired two ways. First, I was at a mentee of mine's high school graduation. So she was graduating high school and the commencement speaker said, this is incredible. The students graduating are from areas of Philadelphia where it's expected that they won't graduate high school, let alone go to college. Mm. Every kid in the graduating class has been accepted to college and you will not see this in the media tomorrow. And, and it, it was an unbelievable event. I have so chills. It, it, I mean, yeah. there were parents, there were families crying because yeah. this was the first person in their family to graduate high school and they were going to college. I sat next to a 70-year-old man who was there because the school did so much for him. Okay, you're going to make me cry. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> like I, uh, wow. Sorry, it, go it ahead. Was, it was incredible. It's, these are stories that, that yeah. they make me cry, too. Uh, this 70-year-old man said the school Thanks, did so Brad. much for me. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, that, go that ahead. He comes back every year to be there for graduation. So then, of, of course, the next day I get online. I'm looking everywhere. I get the newspaper. Not a single story about Benaya's graduation. Horrible. And I thought, yeah. this is crazy. It is crazy because this is really what people want. Right. And if I want to see that, maybe I should start writing about it. So I started writing on my blog about good news and good things that I saw out there that inspired me. Mm -hmm. Six months later, my wife was diagnosed with leukemia, which has has a very long treatment protocol. So it's it's about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So she was diagnosed and then immediately they said, okay, so she goes to the hospital and stays there for a month. And Mm -hmm. if it goes well, then she'll be on two and a half years of outpatient chemotherapy. And outpatient is basically every day you're going to the hospital and getting an infusion or a few days a week, Mm. depends on which week it is. And the nurses kept telling us, you should go to this conference for young cancer patients and their caregivers. Of course, we're thinking, we're at the hospital every day for chemo. Last thing we want to do on a Saturday. To do that, yeah. Right, like who wants to? But the nurses are incredible. They're just so... They, they were, anyone who's been in the hospital recognizes the amazing job nurses do. And we figured if they thought this was a good idea, it was probably a great idea. We went and there was a woman there who was speaking and she had been through the same treatment as Mia. And she said, if you have two and a half years of treatment ahead of you, you need projects because a project mm-hmm. is a distraction when you're in the, out, in the hospital every day. 
And a project also gives you a purpose and some focus. It's great. So we came up with projects. Mia was going to do something in her journal every day. <clears throat> I decided that I would write this book. And our son, Jack, who was five at the time, decided that he would play 200 days of wiffle ball in a row. <laughs> uh, and we did achieve that goal, which was the, that was the most fun goal that we had. That's great. Uh, it's good he was part of this. He was. I mean, he, he yeah. was young, young, so he didn't realize the full extent of what was going on. And he had just overheard us at dinner talking about what projects we're going to do. And that's when he declared that his project was wiffle ball. Yeah. You know, there's something about submersing yourself in something. I'm sure you've heard of the term flow in psychology. Yes. You know, yes. that flow state um, and, and creativity. I talk a lot about that on my show. It's so important, especially right now. So how is your wife? She's doing great. So Fantastic. she made it through treatment. She's Good. healthy living her life and, and we just feel very blessed. That's fantastic. And Thank I'm you. sure those projects, those things shifted your mindset every day. Oh my goodness. I mean, through writing that book, I started off by writing about the small acts of kindness that changed our lives. So, and, and it's basically about doing something. So when it was time for little league signups, a friend of my wife's emailed me and said, I know your son loves little league. Your wife always does the registration. I'll register your son and I'll get him on a team with someone who could drive him. A friend wow. of yours who could drive him because you're going to be in the hospital. And this is like the Philadelphia Little League. They don't, they can't take requests for whose team we're going to be on. We have a big city and, so, and run by all volunteers. Yet That's we wound up on a team. It was unbelievable. And, and that, those acts of kindness where people just took that step mm -hmm. is where I started. And then from there, I found these other stories of people where a small act of kindness had a ripple effect and maybe changed 100,000 lives. And when you're writing about those stories, it completely changes your perspective. And you're, you're thinking about the good. You're seeing the yes. good. You're feeling inspired and you're more positive. I always say that, especially right now, it's really important to think about being thoughtful, thoughtfulness for yourself, your self-care, your mental, physical, and emotional health, but also thoughtfulness for others, having compassion and empathy, and especially reaching out right now. If you know, like you have a neighbor that lives alone and they're in their 80s, reach out because those acts of kindness get you out of your own mindset, your own stuff, and it shifts and helping somebody else really boosts you up and them. Right. And it's, it's like, sometimes I feel guilty because when I help people, I feel so great. <laughs> it's, it's part of how it is. Sure. Uh, and I see it as you're saying, and it's easy, right? So if, if I'm going to the store, I could call my neighbor who's in her 80s and say, we're heading to the store to pick something up. What can we get for you? Sure. You work it into your routine and you feel great about it and you're helping someone. Mm -hmm. I know because a lot of times we're, we're in our own mindset. I mean, when you think about what life was like before quarantine, we were go, go, go. And, you know, your, your son wasn't thinking about his projects. You weren't thinking about your things. Our focus was completely different. Yes. Right? It, I mean, everything's changed and we are so focused inward now. I mean, we used to be overscheduled and crazy busy. Mm -hmm. uh, people with kids still are because now they're teachers and parents. Yes. Yes. Uh, but, but it's important to get outside of ourselves and, 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 find ways to do good. And there's so many easy things we could do, which is wonderful. You want to share some of the things in your book? Absolutely. So, well, I could start with some easy things to do. And then if you want, I could share a couple stories from the book. Love that. So some of the easy things to do 
right now seniors are pretty lonely because no one can visit them. Mm-hmm. And there's a nonprofit called Love for the Elderly where you can send your letter to a senior and they will deliver it to someone who needs it. Okay, loveforthelderly.org? And I believe it is. Okay, I can look it up. It's, it's on my website. So if you go to bradaronson.com, there's a link of resources. Perfect. That, and, and then there's another Cards for Hospitalized Kids, which you can also do a Google search for. They send cards to kids who are in the hospital. Right now, it's really lonely if you're a kid in the hospital. I'm writing these down. All right. <laughs> uh, and I'll email you as well. My, my girls are done with school. I'm going to put them to, to I have a good purpose today. Okay, so give me the two websites one more time. The first one is Love for the Elderly. Love for the Elderly. Okay. And the second one is Cards for Hospitalized Kids. I was a candy striper when I was little. So I, I used to go deliver things and go through the pediatric ward and, oh, okay, great. Thank you. And these are folks who can't have visitors and the kids don't understand it. They're, they're lonely. They want to yeah. see someone and, and a card completely brightens them. So I, I wound right. up interviewing a lot of people who had started nonprofits, three of whom started nonprofits that send kids cards to kids in the hospital. And those three people told me they did it because they were in the hospital as a kid yeah. and they had received a card and it just made such a difference to them and made them feel connected that they started their nonprofits, which is pretty neat. I, I was in the hospital when I was a kid for over a week when I was living in New York and I had nothing. So I would have loved to have had a card or something. It's right. a great idea. And it's also really life affirming for the parents who mm-hmm. like, they feel, okay, someone sees me and they see my child and they, they yes. want to be helpful. Right. And it, it makes a huge difference. I'm so glad you shared that with me. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'll send you the URL. You can check out the, some other opportunities Good. as well. Okay. All right. Uh, and you know, there's the easy things also. You're cooking dinner and you could say, call up a neighbor who, who might be in need or you think is feeling down. Hey, we, we made chicken soup for dinner tonight and we made a lot and have some extra. Can I bring some over? They don't feel like it's any extra work because you told them you already made it. Right. And you could just drop it off. So it's a nice way to, to Good be idea. Connected. Yeah. Are you finding that people are socializing a little bit? Because I know some people are really nervous about even gathering, uh, even at a distance. So I, I, I do see people socializing a little bit. Good. And Philly opens in about, I think, a week or two weeks. So I assume uh, then it'll be more prevalent, but a lot of businesses are starting to reopen. So we're seeing more and more people out. I used to walk the dog and be the only person on the street. Not so anymore. And it is nice to see people around uh, who are being safe. And, that's and true. Yeah, that's my plan is that I'll, I'll do things, but I'm still going to be careful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what else would you like to share about your book? So I got a couple, I got some stories. I love the people that I've written about in the book. So I'd love to share a couple stories if that's okay. Sure, go for it. All right. So one story is about a kid named Gabriel. So when Gabriel was three years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia and went through the same treatment my wife did, about three years of treatment. And when he was six, he was better. He was cured. He and his, he and his mom, Natasha, were having a conversation. And Natasha said, Gabriel, I'm so happy that you're healthy but I hope you understand that November 3rd is always a sad day for me because it's the day you were diagnosed. And if I seem sad next week or when it's November 3rd, that's why. 
And Gabriel said, well, why does it have to be a sad day? Why can't we Mm -hmm. make it a happy day? And she said, what do you mean? He said, like Secret Santa. And I'm going to take a step back and explain how Secret Santa came into their lives. When Gabriel was in the hospital, one Christmas, someone dropped off presents for he and his sister from Secret Santa. They never knew who gave them those gifts. The card stayed on the refrigerator all year. And the family talked about it, how someone cared about them and thought about them. And the family decided they would become Secret Santas. So from that point on, every year, they would pick people and sneak onto their porches and leave little gifts and send things in the mail. And Gabriel was saying, let's do this on my diagnosis day. So his mom said, all right, I'll take a video and we'll send it to our family. And she took a little video, Mm -hmm. sent it to family members. And meanwhile, Gabriel's going crazy. Oh, how many acts of kindness will people do? How are we (laughs) going to make this a great day? She said, it's just family. Maybe it'll be 10 people. And then a family member says, we love the video. Will you create a little Facebook page so we can type in what we did? And she did. And the video said, my name is Gabriel, and I want to turn a dark day into a day of light. Will you guys please do something nice, anything? Beautiful. And if you do something nice and you want to, you could share it here. Mm-hmm. And they asked people, if you, when you do something nice, put a little card with, like if you gave someone a flower, a little card that said, I'm doing this for Gabriel's day of kindness. So the first year they did it, and it got off. First someone in Florida did it, then someone in Wisconsin. And soon they had every state in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Then it went global. So they had 56 countries that first year. Started what? with <laughs> Armenia, the Czech Republic, France, mm. and all sorts of acts. And people were emailing in. So Natasha got an email from someone who said, I hadn't talked to my mom in over a decade. Mm. And because of Gabriel's Day of Kindness, someone gave me a flower and I thought of Gabriel's Day of Kindness. And I called my mom and mm. we reconnected. And now we have a relationship again. Ah. And And there was another woman who said that her husband had recently died and she was just in a funk Mm -hmm. and didn't know what to do. And she got this flower and it made her smile and it made her day. And for that day, it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And of course, Gabriel and his family, they went to the hospital where he was treated and gave toys to the kids. They got gift cards to give to people who were homeless. They went to a restaurant, paid for a few tables meals and had the waitress explain the day of kindness. Yeah. And then they watched as diners kept paying for each other's meals (laughs) until Gabriel's family said, Gabriel, we got to go. We can't stay here. (laughs) But, but, and then year two, it got even bigger. So year two, it went to 105 countries instead of 56. And when you think about this spiral effect, Natasha has gotten emails from seven people who said they've copied it and made their child's diagnosis day a day of kindness. So now there's seven other days of kindness, and they're getting emails about thousands of acts of kindness. In my opinion, most people probably don't email in because or put a Facebook message because you're doing the acts of kindness to be kind. Right. So it's had this effect. And I also feel like it's something only a kid would come up with. Probably. Only a kid would ask, why, why does this have to be a sad day? Why can't this Great. be a happy day? We needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I like I like that story the the power of six year old. I think it's fantastic, um, especially you know this is why I wanted you on my show is because I'm always loving the stories where people take the the tough times and turn it into something positive and we're always going to go through something. It's you know what are you going to do with that that challenging moment to turn it around 
to lift yourself up or lift somebody else up. Right. I, and if you want, I could share. So most of my stories are like that. It's people who, because of something that happened to them, a small act of kindness that changed their life. Yeah. They went on to do amazing things. If you'd like, I could share another Go story. Ahead. Ahead. All right. So, so this one is about Karen Shirk. Karen worked full time as a social worker and she was getting her graduate degree in social work. She was really tired and she thought, all right, I'm a college student. Of course I'm tired. But then one day she just passed out in the middle of campus and it turned out that she had a disease, myasthenia gravis. And what is that? it's a disease that weakens your muscles and she needed a ventilator even to help her breathe. Oh my gosh. And here's this woman who was working full-time helping people. She was getting her degree and suddenly she can't do anything. And it was so disappointing. And she thought maybe if I get a service dog, I could have a purpose again. Because with a service dog, she could go to work and if she needed her medication, her dog could run to the back of her wheelchair and pick it up. Or if she dropped her car keys, her dog could pick it up. Uh, and, and could give her that type of mobility. So she applied for service dogs, and for seven years she got rejected. And finally someone said, yeah, let me tell you why you were rejected. Yeah. They said, because you're on a ventilator at night, the agencies don't think you're as viable a candidate as other people. What? And, right, and at that point, she decided that she would probably end her life and her home health care aide said, well, why don't we just get our own dog? And Karen said, no, I'm not going to. And Karen told me her home health care aide bugged her so much that she agreed to look at dogs, not planning to get one. But of course, she met Ben, who was a German shepherd, reminded her of her childhood dog, and they brought him home. Cute. And then she told her home health care aide, okay, I'll, I'll need you to walk him and feed him. And the aide said, no, you're going to do it. Karen <laughs> said, I can't do it. I'm in a wheelchair. And her home health care said, you can, you're going to have to do it. And Karen said that forced her to do it. She started training her dog to be a service dog. Then she sent her dog away to get professionally trained. And after that, she was able to go back to work. And it was glorious for her to be back. What a story. And she decided that because of that, she wanted to train service dogs to help people who can't get them. So she started out of her house training two service dogs decided she'd give them the children because generally agencies won't provide service dogs to children because it, it's just very difficult mm -hmm. uh, to provide a dog to a child. I didn't know that. And she, de she decided she would. And when word got out, everyone was so excited. She had this huge waiting list and she gradually grew this nonprofit that to date has provided 1400 service dogs to families. And to give you an idea of how life changing this is, I mean, there was a, a young man named Dylan who was in high school and he had seizures. And because of his seizures, he would often uh, urinate in his pants and it would happen hundreds of times a year. His service dog could sense when he needed medicine and when he needed a seizure. And suddenly he stopped having those accidents. What? The dog could sense this? Yes. And, and he emailed and said, it changed my life. You don't know how embarrassing that was. Mm -hmm. And also he had no friends in school, but oh. when he had a dog and he was at the table, people would sit with him and talk to him and they learned that he was a nice, funny kid. And he suddenly had friends and an invite to a birthday party. Beautiful. And it, it changed his whole life. And mm -hmm. for other kids, uh, so for example, if you're a child with autism, you might not sleep. So Joey, 
never slept through the night. And when he got a service dog, it was the first time he slept through the night. So it was the first time everyone in his house slept through the night. These, how do you find all these people? So I asked everyone I knew, is there someone that you know a single tiny action saved their life? Or did that happen to you? Mm-hmm. And through those people, I found a bunch. Then I looked all over the internet to find amazing stories. And because I write about good news on my blog, I was getting a lot of inbound emails. You should talk to this person. You should talk to that person. So and it, and it, was, it turned out to be a five-year process. So this was not, even though it was my project for me as treatment, it went twice as long as for treatment. But it was a long, a long enjoyable project. But what an unexpected gift to your life. Yes, yes. I, I feel so lucky to have met and been able to write about these people. Never ending. Never ending. It's right. beautiful. Where can people find out more about you, Brad? So they can find out more about me on my website, which is bradaronson.com. Or they can look up the book on Amazon or any bookseller. It's Humankind, Changing the World One Small Act at a Time. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been a great, great segment for the show. Any last bit of advice for people that are feeling kind of down right now? So my advice would be to do something. So think about someone else who might need a lift and give them a call, send them a note, send them a text, because when you take that action, you're helping yourself. And a lot of time people are hesitant. They think, well, I don't want to bother that person. What if they don't want to talk? I interviewed hundreds of people for this book. One thing that was in common for everyone is that they felt so appreciative when someone reached out to them just to say hello, just to say, I see you and I care. So take that step and then take it a step further and start thinking about what you can do for other people. For a lot of us, it's really a helpful way to, to feel more positive and get more energy. You bet. Brad, thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure.